0: And we're back. Sorry for the three, four month uh, no podcasting and all that stuff. Got bored, not bored, but got lazy and busy. And uh, and now we're back. So we got Chasing and Bacon here, and uh, let's just catch up on things. Chasing, you're uh, about to start the off season at Southern Miss, and uh, y'all had a not great season, but y'all ended well. So what? Uh, what's the outlook on transfers and training, and what's the biggest thing? Y'all are going to try to accomplish these eight weeks before spring ball, you think?
1: Um, I think just in the past month or two, um, especially finish this season, recruiting has been, you know, their number one priority, and they've gone out and, you know, gotten everyone they needed or that they thought they needed um, for this early signing period. And, I mean, shoot, we have between 20 and 30 new guys coming in. New guys? Yeah. Transfer portal, mid-year guys, high school guys, JUCO of all of it combined um in a lot of positions that we needed um so you know i think just onboarding those guys early in the off season right now and going forward into spring ball we'll probably have an earlier spring ball and um, get those guys you know developed in the system and move forward from there but i mean early off season it's going to be fun you know it's it's almost like (laughs) half a new our quarter of a new team you know coming in so You know, there'll be a lot to learn, a lot to teach, and it'll definitely keep me busy in the next couple weeks.
2: (laughs) How much of that, like, with these kids coming in, you know, I mean, I'm sure, because L.A. was a strength coach at South when you were there? No, after, after, after I was there, but it's still got to be similar type of stuff with these kids coming in. I mean, you always hear commentators on TV talking, you know, like how high school kids come into college so much more ready to play now at certain positions. Is that the same thing in the weight room? Are you having to teach them? Because you know, like when I, 20 years ago when I was coming out of high school, I mean, our weight program was go bench squat and deadlift, do three sets, add weight. You know, and we didn't, we did not have a great strength program, but that was what we had you know, has is, is that advanced, you know, this is what you do for a living now, how much of that are you having to teach these kids as far as like programming and lifting and, you know, what the right things to do are for that?
1: Uh, I, I mean, there's still a huge learning curve in my mind. Um, I'm pretty analytical when it comes to that kind of stuff. I mean, these kids are still raw regardless of you know, where they came from. Like, even if we get another four-year transfer in, you know, maybe he's only been in that system one or two years. So he's just now getting into a groove of whatever they're training there. So, you know, whatever system we're running, we have to totally re him into it. And you can never go over movement patterns enough. Like, I mean, and that's one thing I was thinking about on the way over here when he said we were going to podcast is, like, yeah, a lot of people see us do, you know, these wild styles of training or, you know, Olympic lifting or powerlifting or like the West Side stuff. It's because we have access to it and we have kind of the mental capacity at this point to process it all and get something from it. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna walk a, a college kid, regardless of like experience or talent level, into some of the shit we do. Like <laughs> I mean I it from a from a benefit, you know, risk to benefit reward ratio type thing. Um, it's it's scary to put a kid under a bar that's got 200 pounds of band tension, regardless. You know, yeah. especially when you know he doesn't have the 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 muscular development to handle it. You know, even though he may be able to just muscle that shit up, it's still scary. Um, but I mean, regardless of their age or experience or even training age. Like to keep it basic for the most part, and you know we get to we get to, to some schools so some cool stuff at certain points of the year, but I mean, dude, most of the time it's like re- redefining movement patterns and you know letting them test their own limits in certain things that that they never knew possible. Like once it's like once they unlock different levels of strength, they understand everything else so much more. Like at this point, I'm starting to regress. And I'm a young coach, like I'm always going to have these cycles, but at this point I'm starting to regress as a coach is like, man, yes, the technical model is great, and especially in the weight room for safety reasons, but when it comes to speed training and when it comes to, you know, getting kids faster on the field and stuff, if I've got our star athlete on the field and, yeah, maybe he drags his feet a little bit when he runs a route, but he's one of the leading receivers in the conference, I I mean, anything I do at that point, at least running-wise, like, yes, I may be able to help him a a tad – But if I mess with him too much, he's going to get slower. He's going to get worse. So, when it comes to field stuff, like, dude, I just want them to go and play football for the most part.
0: No, yeah, that's like when I was um, doing my combine during Atlanta with Chip Smith, he told us um, that uh, Champ Bailey probably had the worst running form he's ever seen but was probably the fastest guy he's ever seen. He ever saw our coach. So, he was like, well, I'm not going to change his form. I'm just going to get him to run faster with shitty form. And he ran faster. He ran like a 4-2 something at the combine, you know. So, it's like. If you got it like, if there you can't change, like, You can't change too much or it completely ruins yeah. the athlete. Like everybody has something that that's unique to them when it comes to running, lifting, positions. Like nobody's gonna be perfect, and you have to figure out how to manipulate the system for it to work for them. Because if you completely change somebody's form, like who knows, he might have ran a four four at the combine if he had perfect running form. Yeah. But he had shitty running form. He ran a four like four two nine or something. Yeah. ridiculous,
2: you know. I, I wasn't even getting that technical as like well as running. Just, like, the lifting yeah. stuff. You know, like, like I was just curious at how, how much that's progressed, you know. Well, coming, I mean, coming from your side, like, you know, is it – do you feel like it's truly day one with some of them? Or are they – or, you know, are some of them coming in with some – enough experience where you're like, okay, cool. Like, you've got this part down. Let's, you know.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, even – dude, even eight weeks in or even in the middle of the summer, sometimes it's regressed back to day one because – Man, these kids don't remember like how to tie their shoes in the morning sometimes. I mean, I, I don't want to make them sound that stupid. Like they're not stupid. They're very smart individuals, but just the, sometimes their lack of awareness, like we have to check them at the door and say, Hey, you know, remember what you did last week. We're coming in this week and we're getting better from what we did. I mean, the evolution of training, like we still do the same shit. Everyone's always done, but the, the way we organize it sometimes changes and the way we modify things changes, and, you know, um, but, I mean, it's, like, even six weeks in, sometimes it's back to day one, just because, I mean, you know, last year, like, when I came in last year, we were, we were dealing with all the COVID stuff, and we literally got kicked out of the weight room for, like, a week and a half, almost two weeks. Um, They shut us down for, like, two days, and then they allowed us back, you know, the next week to do everything outside, so it's, like, Man, once you take, once you have, like, are forced to take almost two weeks off like that, and like, yeah, we we took trap bars outside, and you know everybody across the country had these same problems, but as soon as you step back foot in the weight room and you have you know access to everything that you had access to before, it's back to day one again, and it the cycle just repeats itself two or three times a year, whether it's postseason, whether it's now early off season, even post spring ball sometimes we have to roll it back. And then, you know, coming back from almost a month off in May in the summer, you're always fighting father time, and you're always fighting, you know, all these breaks that you have and all these interruptions that you have. So, um, but, I mean, we do try to progress, and we do try to, you know, evolutionize with, you know, the times and with everything that's rolling around too. Yeah. But it's it's a balancing act. Like, I'm standing on Tippy toes, half the time, you know, looking over the edge. So it's still like
2: coaching the 3:30 class here.
1: (laughs) Knees out when you
2: squat. Oh yeah, (laughs) toes face forward. Yes. Oh,
0: speaking of back to day one, Mr. Jeff Bacon, back to day one with your lifting. We uh, we're hoping to get you to podium at uh, Ao at the Arnold this year, and your wrists started bothering you. So let's uh see how are you there? How long has it been bothering you? And kind of like, you know, what you think uh, where you're gonna be at. Next month with the
2: injury or whatnot. Yeah, so, you know, a little frustrating coming out of the the meet we did in Birmingham in, what, mid-November. Um, you know, felt great other than missing that last jerk, you know, on that, on that PR clean, which would have made it a PR cleaning jerk. Um, so I was working some jerk stuff after that. And, uh, man, caught one at, like, 265. Felt great. You know, just really working – you know, good form, like, really driving under the bar, not not being lazy and, and you know, just kind of getting under, like, really yeah. trying to drive to that same point underneath every time. Um, and, you know, just felt a little a little something in my wrist as my foot, my front foot hit. So, it was like, all right, you know, no big deal. Added weight, was ready to go to the next one. Somebody texted me, and I was kind of leaning on the jerk block, you know, well, with this hand like this as I was texting. And then, all of a sudden, pain just shot through my forearm, and, I mean, I almost crumbled. Um Wade was here, Connor was here, um, and they, they both saw me wrapping it up with a uh, with a floss band, and they came over and they're like, what's up? And they started looking at it, and they thought it was, you know, I just kind of inflamed a tendon in there, and, uh, you know, so kind of took it easy for about two weeks, and um, it didn't get any better, and I was going to the chiropractor anyway to to get my hip worked on, just, you know, the amount of drive time I spend in that little go-kart for work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just sitting that long just takes its toll on your body. Uh, so I, you know, every 4-6 weeks I go in just to have him stretch it out real good. And I had him look at my wrist and he's like, "Yeah, uh, he cuz it's not a tendon thing. He was pretty sure you jammed your um, the carpal bones in your wrist. Um so he asked me to go get a brace. He taped it up real good. Taught me how to retape it because it wasn't you know anything on your wrist right there between washing your hands, taking a shower it's just not going to last. Um so I bought some more tape, bought a uh, wrist brace. And I, he said about two weeks, and, and two weeks I could I could get into a front rack, um, but it was just very uncomfortable. Anytime my wrist got into that big flexion, yeah. um, just uncomfortable. Even with just a 45 pound bar, yeah. didn't feel good. Um, so since then, I uh, took well, shoot it's been another two weeks because that was right around New Year's. Um, so now we're another two weeks after that. So I mean we're looking at five six weeks total that I've just really limited overhead um, yeah. with heavy weight. Um, so, you know, test it again tomorrow. It felt, it, it feels as good today as it's felt since. Um, like even when I used to demonstrate getting into a front rack, I could feel a lot of pressure here, yeah. whereas right now I don't. Um, so taking that as a good sign. Um, I mean, I would guess at this point, the Arnold's going to be out, yeah. uh, just not enough time to prep for it. Uh, you know, missing what, two, almost three weeks of prep work for that. So, you know, like to, like to focus on the open, um, between now and then, and you might know, I mean, with what I've done now, does that already qualify me, or do I have to do something this year to qualify no, so for the you're, Open uh, this year?
0: No, so you're – I mean, as long – whatever your numbers are, I'm pretty sure you – know, what were you at the end of the thing? I know you're, everybody was top – the three guys that competed were top ten. Top ten. I know Ryan was, like, top five. I, but you and Tristan, one was, like, seven, one was ten. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, all of you guys are qualified in general for everything. Yeah, right? well, I didn't know if it had to be in, the like the calendar no, no, year. No, 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 So, whenever the meet is, you have a whole year from that meet. okay. And then, like, last year, I think they gave everybody an extra couple months because, like, I didn't compete for a year, but I was qualified for meets, I think because of COVID or whatever. Be. Okay. But um But,
2: you know. I mean, I'd love to find something else local between, between now and, you know, we're, what, mid-January. Yeah. The Open's not until December. Yeah. I'd like to find one more time to be on a stage. If you know, if it's we do, if we redo ours here again, yeah. or if there's somewhere else to go, oh, yeah, I just to get another on, good I plan meet, on in. Get
0: another meet here, and some powerlifting meets here this spring. But um, and then uh, I mean, you never know if it feels good and you wanted to spend a late fee. They're doing it online too, so like, hmm. you could do it Sunday here, shut the gym down, make sure nobody's here, and have like Cody or somebody like run the, run the computer and do your stuff for you. Since I'll be up there. Or actually, I should be coming back Sunday, but I might—I probably won't make it. if i come back Sunday, but if you felt good,
2: yeah, at the gym. Yeah, we'll we'll test it again tomorrow. See how it feels. Just so um, you don't,
0: if it bothers you, fly all the way up there. At least you—if you spend the hundred and some fifty, seventy bucks, whatever,
2: at least. Yeah, then, then it wouldn't be as as, you know, as brutal as a hotel and travel yeah. and all that crap. Although although it wouldn't be quite as cool as getting to go to the Arnold. No, I mean, come no. on. Yeah, I was, I was just as pumped
0: to go up there, you go see all the bodybuilding and the strong man yeah. and all that. Yeah, I was gonna. Um, need to call, I need to text my buddy he, Bobby. He's gonna be competing. Like he's he's been the world's strongest man two years in a row, and he's oh, wow. done the Arnold, and he has the American, the American. I don't think it's the world. I think it's the American log, clean and press record.
2: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's he he looks like he's about fifty five and he's younger than younger than me, but he's strong as fuck. <laughs> he he's about as he's wide as
2: Damien, but he's about is like six a, foot. Is he's that like big. overst dude looks uh, old as could be, but yeah. he's not.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well that's like Eddie Hall just turned thirty five.
2: Eddie Hall's only thirty five.
0: Yeah. Or thirty four. Thirty 35 just at his birthday. Good gosh. Yeah. So. He looks older than that. But how um <coughs> here's the question, how do you feel and it's only been a few like, you know, a couple months per se with your wrist, but how is your strength feeling? Because I know with me, with my uh, shoulder issues that I'm having, not being able to front squat or really back squat with a real bar and getting in good positions, like, my strength definitely went down because of not being able to hold a bar in the front rack. So when I clean, even though my legs still are strong, I feel really weak because I'm in Mm -hmm. a foreign position. Yeah, or like definitely jerking like shit. Like that's the worst because can never do it because of my shoulder. So yeah. how are you feeling with that?
2: Um, I mean, there's definitely some strength loss. Like the, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't done a true front squat since. I, you know, I guess before I injured it. Um, that that last week of prep. Um, I mean, going with the safety squat bar in that that super awkward position where your chin is just wrapped around that massive pad. Um, those still feel fine. Like, my legs feel – leg strength is good because I can still – because I can still squat, you know, with the safety squat bar or with the um, camber bar. Um, overhead stuff like, you know, snatches. I mean, I, I hit 205 for three power the other day, um, but it was – they all felt heavy on that one side. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that, it's that overhead position. It just doesn't it. – it's not back yet. But, like, you know, working with the bandbell bar, you know, I feel very strong there. Yeah. Um. You know, bench feels good. It's you know, it's weird. It's like when it kicks in, um, I can definitely tell a difference. Yeah, but like legs are definitely still there, and anything pulling, I'm good. It's just that when you bring it all together, you feel weak. Yeah, it's, it's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Sucks. And it's you know, and and I'm sure I'm sure there's as much mental in there too because I haven't been going overhead. Yeah. And when I do, you know, I've got a wrist uh, a wrist wrap on like super tight. So I'm just – I'm thinking more about it. And it, and you know that. I mean, any time in sports, no matter what it is, when you overthink it. That's when you start messing. I mean, like you were talking about with running. You try to fix somebody – somebody that's super fast, you try to fix their running, that's what they're thinking about versus, oh, I just run there and get the ball. Yeah. Yeah, so – but, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't feel horrible, horribly lost, like a big horrible loss, but there's some for sure. Yeah.
0: All right, and uh, well, that's good. So since we haven't done this in like two months – how about uh, what do you think about the Castro thing? I'm sure everybody's talked about it two weeks ago when it came out. Yeah, man. I mean, like you're in the you're in the mix because you go to the games, mm-hmm. you uh, volunteer, so you've probably heard, possibly heard. I we have we haven't talked about this, so you maybe you've heard things from people that you know were in the circle or know people in the circle. But um,
2: yeah, I have my thoughts on why. I don't know. I man, I definitely have my thoughts on why. Um, I hope at some point we find out. Something close to the truth. I don't know if we'll ever get the full story. Yeah, um, you know, and, and yeah, it's it's such a mixed bag. You know, Dave loved playing that villain role. Yeah, and you know, it drove me nuts the way he would pause for effect. I was like, dude just just announce the workout. Yeah, come on, man. You know, and then like the year he the year he showed up at the games with cornrows. I'm like, come on, dude. But uh. you know, programming wise for CrossFit. The, the the man's you know genius the, yeah. the the some of that stuff he can come up with that looks so simple, but when you do it, I mean it just bends you over and breaks you in half. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of it had to be expected. You know, um, anytime you know new management comes in, very common. You know, clean house because you want your own people. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why new management had to come in because things were things were wrong. Even even if it was a great person, you know, something wasn't right. So you, you know, you figure out what you have to keep for now. And then, um, you know, and he can be a little abrasive. So, you know, be willing to bet he, you know, said or did or acted in some way that, you know, didn't mesh with corporate world. And that, that yeah. was, that was kind of CrossFit's identity for so long. It's like, no, 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 we're not a gym. We're a box. Yeah. We don't, we don't work out. We train. You know what I mean? They they were trying to go against so much for so long, um, and he was sort of in Greg's circle, and and you know Coach Glassman definitely liked to be abrasive, and like he kind of embraced that. Yeah. Um, and I think Dave did too. You know, um, and you know, just when it gets to the games, like, did I ever expect Dave Catcher to be fired from the CrossFit Games? No, I figured he would. He you know he would find his time to step away, or he'd be moved to a different position. Or- yeah.
0: Just not straight up fired. Yeah,
2: I did. I did not expect him to just be fired like that, um, you know. And then, and, and having worked at regionals and the games, you know, I did two years of both so far. And if Castro shows up and he sees you, unless he is like beelining to get somewhere because something's about to start, and he's like he doesn't have time, he's walking through and he's saying hello and he stops and he talks. Yeah. You know, and he's very appreciative of volunteers and the people that that help make. The events go off. Um, I mean, just really, really is like he—he he is a great guy in that regard. Um, so you I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about him there. Um, you know, but you know from what I've heard, he, he had his hand in a little bit of everything when it came. I mean, the, the games came from him. You know, he's the one that took it to Greg. and's like, hey, my parents have this cool ranch. I want to throw a backyard barbecue and and you know let's crown the fittest CrossFitter. Yeah, I mean it. It was literally his baby. And so from every year, like, you know, as more and more stuff as it grew and got bigger and bigger, you know, he was a part of it, um, you know, and good luck trying to find somebody to replace him. Yeah. You know, one one person can't do – I don't, you know, I don't think one person can do that job anymore and still grow it. Not to mention, I mean, it's it's what somebody's going to face in Tuscaloosa in a couple of years. It's what, you know, somebody's going to face in, Clem, in Clemson. Don't – you know, trying to replace the man is going to be really hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you're going to be scrutinized, especially this year. Whoever, you know, the, I think the smartest thing CrossFit Inc. could do is not announce who's programming because it's, it's –
0: CrossFit is programming. Yeah. Nobody
2: knows, just CrossFit. Yeah, yeah absolutely, because it, it's going to be picked apart, whether it's the best programming we've ever seen or it's, you know, not. And, and you could look at the, you could go back and look at the programming from year to year under Dave. Some years it was fantastic, and some years it was like eh. And you there's know, always one or two wads you're like, oh man, yeah. I wish they would have done it like this or like that.
0: Like, well, that was like the year I competed. It was like, what are we doing? Why do we have all was all that these? the no barbells year? Yeah, it was terrible. I was like, dude, <laughs> this is, like this is the year I could have went to the games. The one and
1: year, w- the one year Jake won. <laughs> that, was <laughs> that was hilarious. That was like your strength, and you were, it was like it was like uh, Samson getting his hair cut off. Yeah, was like you the just one like, year. The I was hell, like, man. All
0: right, I got through the open. Like we can make it to the games. It's like there's no fucking barbells. Yeah. What are we doing? It's was, like sandbag, like worms and dumb shit.
2: Worms and then those giant kettlebells. I was at, I worked. That was the first year I worked regionals. Terrible. Yeah, not not his. I worked. Oh no! Um, and then like the open, I the national in regional. the open, there was like no bar. It was all
0: dumbbells yeah. and stuff. I was yeah. like, what are we doing? This is, like I get. No, that was a year before. It was all dumbbells. The following year I had a couple. What are we doing? And well, the, it
1: was it was stupid dumbbell stuff too, yeah. like just off the wall dumbbell shit. It, was, like it was no it was one terrible. no one wanted to do, to do it
0: no it was awful but uh but yeah they're going to have to figure that out um i don't know i think um what i think happened was well i mean i think cuz he ruffled feathers because that's his personality but like a week before he had posted a picture hanging out with Glassman and i think that pissed off that probably is not like i don't really care but the how everything now is so political and a lot of corporations are so far left so they don't piss people off mm-hmm. that uh Think that probably. I don't, I conference. definitely don't think that helped him out.
2: <laughs> you know, because if you read, if you read his post, you know, um, Rosa called him and was like, "Hey, we've got, we've got wording prepared that says this is mutual." And he's like, "Don't post that because it's not." Yeah. You know, uh, but I, I'd be willing to bet that definitely. Here you go. What is um, had something to do with it? So is um
0: is Rogue gonna get Castro, and are they gonna shut the CrossFit Games, put him out? Is Man. that what's gonna happen?
2: If if the Rogue Iron Games picked up cross picked up uh, Dave Castro, like, I mean, it's a, it's it's already a better it's already a better payout,
0: better competition, because <laughs> it's small like it's big, but it's, well, it's invitation it's, they it's can invitation, but it's conden like the 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 the, sur- the playing surface the competition start. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not this giant. It's a big event, but it's like boom, yeah. it's like in one area mm-hmm. have a couple fields. They do stuff, but it's like real CrossFit. Not that it's not. But there's not like a marathon, not the crazy stuff that people really don't care about. It's the well, fun but that's
2: that's the that's the, the if you look at the CrossFit season, it's the open is testing your engine. Yeah. And then back when there were regionals before they took away the barbells. <laughs> it was testing. Yeah. You know, like, hey, you've got an engine. Let, now now let's see. Can you move this weight around? If you go back and look at the old regionals, it was always strength based regional stuff. And then the games was kind of weird. Yeah. Right? Where it it, and it hard. did it, it was had, always,
1: like you always had Staples and that's what we were talking about last week is like whoever does, you know, like if Rogue takes over the whole thing or like because they're starting to be way more inclusive now. Yeah. And that's just the ebbs and flows of business too. Mm-hmm. Like CrossFit got huge and then they got too specific and now they're losing people. And then Rogue's going to come and take in everybody, you know. But we were saying last week is like Man, if CrossFit had like, yes, they have staple workouts, but if every year they said, hey, you're going to have like, I don't know when you're going to have these five staple workouts and every year you're going to be tested on them. And then it doesn't like, we're going to, we're not going to tell you the order. We're not going to tell you what other events you might have that day, but just know you got to train for these five and then you got to be ready for whatever else we throw at you too. Like some sort of organization to where, you know, the people can come in and specialize at. You know, there are two events that they want to win or whatever. Yeah. Like,
0: Unless, yeah, like, we were talking about, like, how, say, for instance, you have the games, you finish the marathon, and all of a sudden, it's like, right, now you got Fran. As soon as you cross the finish line, you have Fran. Mm-hmm. Like, Fran starts now. And they don't know about it until they finish the event or the event, five minutes before the event starts, right? Yep. But you have those staple events, and that also gets the fans, the crowd, the people watching a little more entertained because it's like, oh, these, we do these every day. We do this once a year, mm-hmm. these events. Like we know how much it sucks. Can only imagine how much it would suck after a marathon swim. Then you have to go do Fran mm-hmm. immediately out of the pool.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the things that that got in the way sometimes is like they try. There were some years I think they got too cute. Yeah, it's like, man, just just test them. Yeah, you know, doesn't have to be overly cute. Doesn't have to be, you know. And they're trying to figure out a way for it to look good on TV to try and grow the sport, and that's a challenge too. I mean, if you were going to do the best fitness test it probably wouldn't be the funnest thing to watch on tv yeah. I, I, to anybody that's not like an a, you know totally gung ho crossfitter yeah you know um so, and that's a challenge like you've got to you've got to try and grow it but i mean the problem too is they grew it 2018 was the most successful year they've ever had probably the best programming they've ever had and then that was the year it fell you know the next year it fell apart in 2019 cuz yeah. dave i mean dave, uh, coach glassman didn't he didn't care about the games yeah you know his his whole thing was fighting you know Big sugar and, and Obesity, Coke and all that, all stuff. that stuff. Yeah. yeah, Which is fantastic because if it wasn't for CrossFit, and I think part of the reason why it's dwindled a little bit, if it wasn't for CrossFit, there wouldn't be a 45. Fit body boot camps wouldn't be as big as they are. Yeah. Boot camps in general probably wouldn't be. I mean, there were boot camps before CrossFit. Well, like
0: box gyms, Olympic weightlifting, yeah. those types of things. I that mean, stuff, this gym.
2: None of that stuff would be around. You know what I mean? Strongman would not be as big as it is. Um, to the masses, you know, the people that did strongman would, and they'd be – the one or two guys in the back of gold's gym yeah. training by themselves. Uh Olympic lifting definitely wouldn't be, you know. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's so much that can be attributed to CrossFit in the games. Um, you know, and, it, and for a sport to grow, you've got to chime some change is good. You yeah. know. So I think overall I think it w- it can be a very good thing. This year's very interesting. And the timing of it, like right before the open I thought was really weird. Yeah. That they were gonna fire him right before right so. before they
0: do the open, yeah. Well, speaking of um, CrossFit and contributing everything, did CrossFit contribute to Georgia whooping that ass a couple weeks ago? Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew that was coming.
2: <laughs> you know, hey, we we made it. Um, the boys played well. We had chances to win, didn't capitalize. No, yeah. on, hold
1: on, hold on. You're saying we like you played on the team. Oh, I'm one of the, I'm one of the, I'm did one we, of those Alabama. Did fans. we miss something
2: here? I'm one of those Alabama fans. I mean, so I, I was born there.
1: I was born in Tuscaloosa. Sorry, you were born in Nick Saban's house. That's right.
2: right. So, here we go. So,
0: here's here's the biggest thing. And I think you can agree – well, we'll get your opinion. I mean, I think the game was good. I think Georgia came this time to play. Last time they – I think they were shell-shocked because they looked like a different team
2: SEC championship. I think – I honestly think they felt like they were going to – I think they got a little cocky. Yeah. The season they had had – the season bama had, had they played a couple of really bad games they yeah. lost a the game to texas a and m and they got they got destroyed by texas how many
0: shutouts georgia have probably 3 they gave up maybe 10 points a game
2: right. if even that I thought weren't they averaging like 8 yeah, like some, giving up something 8 points or something even. it was yeah. it was nuts i think they expected to to walk on the field and, and just beat bama Dude,
1: it may have been it may have been a thing too of like georgia's still like they were still defending an undefeated record Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Alabama already busted already busted their bubble. So, like, the rest of the season, Alabama's acting like almost like they're a zero-win team. You yeah. know, like, oh, we've already screwed up our perfect season. Like, we're going to go just ball on everybody now. Yeah. You know, Georgia's still defending something in the SEC championship. Yeah. And uh, by the time the national championship came around, Georgia popped that bubble too, yeah. and it was yeah. like, oh, we're about to go hit these yeah. kids. Playing, that, playing not to lose versus playing to win.
0: Well, like, here you go too. Here's a question for you since yeah. you're an Alabama fan. And like don't know your opinion on it, but you know, when two of the best teams in the country play each other, it's gonna be like a zero zero, fourteen four like there's not gonna be many plays and if plays are yeah happen, they're you know somebody busted like one play. And that's what I mean the whole game was what mm-hmm. field goal, field goal, field goal, then uh Alabama busted, mm-hmm. they got a touchdown, they threw an interception at the end, and that's the only reason it looked like it was twenty eight to fourteen, twenty eight thirteen or whatever mm-hmm. the score was, right? Yeah. But you have these Alabama fans who want to, oh, f- fuck our D.C., fuck the offensive coordinator. They're terrible. You, know, like, you may not like their play calling, but at the same time, had a bunch of freshmen and sophomores playing. You literally are playing against the best defense in the country, mm-hmm. and you're in the national championship, and you're mad that you can't score, but your defense is playing so good. But fuck the defense coordinator. He sucks because we lost. Like, you had how many field goals? like You gave up how many you, until the end of the game. You know what I mean? So, that's what gets mm-hmm. me with, like, college football fans. They have no idea what goes into it. Yeah. They just want to fuck the offensive coordinator, fuck defensive coordinator, but, like, dude, you're in the national championship. Like, you're really mad. You won it last year. The the D.C., I'm pretty sure, won the Burroughs Award last year. Yeah. And, like, now you want to fire him because you have sophomores playing. Like, your sophomore – the best defensive player on the team was a sophomore.
2: Yeah. Like, Will Anderson's
0: <laughs> a beast. And the other, the other defensive uh, – outside defensive linebacker – outside linebacker defensive line. he was Christian a freshman. Harris? No, no, not no. him. Like fifteen, he got hurt beginning of the season. Yeah, that's right. He was a freshman, yeah. and then he had like a uh, freshman, play, a true freshman playing cornerback. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck the defensive coordinator. And that's the one they
2: kept picking on too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now there are some folks that don't like that have not liked Pete Golding for several years. Yeah. Um, you know, and I kind of come and go because, you know, some some games we, my frustration with the coordinators is some play some some games we play great lights out football, and then there's the LSU game that we just, like – it's like, did we even, like, practice that week? The Texas A&M game. How do we not know how good – how fast that one guy was? Yeah. You know, and, and granted, in Texas a and m quarterback had the game of his life. He basically played a perfect first half, and that's what it took to beat us on that day. Um, my my biggest frustration this year was definitely with Bill O'Brien. His play calling was god-awful. It was, only, it was very predictable. Um, you know, we couldn't run the ball to save our lives. We had a great running back in Brian Robinson. Couldn't run the ball to save our lives. You know, when's the last time you saw an Alabama team, you know, not coached by Mike Shula, um, that couldn't score points? And that's yeah. what it felt like so much. You know, the, the, it was the play calling. I'm not a fan of Bill O'Brien, yeah, uh, as a as a play caller. Um, so you know, I, I, for one hope he is gone next year. Yeah, I think he will be because I think he's a part of that, you know, rehab program that, that Coach Saban runs. <laughs> um, but here you go. So, like, you know, I know, I know you sound like Bill O'Brien, but your quarterback
0: won the Heisman this year, quarterback won so the that? like. So, I mean, that, it's it's like how like, – you know what I'm saying? That, that's my thing with yeah. the people who are mad. It's like your quarterback won the Heisman.
2: No, my, my frustration is it was it, – it it was, you know, really after that A&M game, I felt like the the talent of the players, they – they it felt like – because, you know, Will Anderson, you know, made a great speech after the game. Yeah. And from that point on, I mean, he started playing – that's when he started playing lights out football. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think it was more the the – overwhelming, overwhelming talent of what Saban's true gift is to, to college football is, and coaching is recruiting. Yeah, You know, I mean, I think he's I think he's a good X's and O's guy. He's a great um, manager of staffs, you know, because, I mean, yeah. he, his biggest challenge is he's had to turn – I mean, how many defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators has he had in his, what, 10, 12 years at Alabama? Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's got to be challenging to every year – you know, coordinators going to bring in their language. Yeah. You know, their their play calling, what they call. You know, what I mean, it, it, that's got to be tough to 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 manage to stay at a high level because Alabama fans, we do, we expect a lot from the team. Yeah. Um, I'm I try not to be one of those that's like we're gonna we're supposed to go to the national championship game. You know, you look at what you look at how we recruit. Should we should we compete for it? Yeah, we should we should compete in the SEC. And if you if you win the SEC, you should be in the top four um to get to go you know to at least be in that playoff um you know and so, so my expectation is high in that regard. Yeah. But I try not to be delusional. And like, oh, yeah, we're already the best. Okay, yeah. fine. Then then just award it. Don't play the season. Just go ahead and give us a trophy. Well, um, you know, and, that, and that's just stupid. You can't think that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing with them this year, because I had to watch the games because of Victoria. <laughs> I don't really care about watching football games. Um, Which is still
2: just funny to me. The level that you played at, you're like, oh, I don't really care about football.
0: I think the biggest issue was the offensive line. I, I don't know if it was the personnel or Young. if it was – Young and then some injuries. Or who was playing in which positions. I don't think they ever figured that out of the, the, the right player in the right spot. Like maybe I, the five were the right guys. Yeah. But they weren't in the correct I think positions. The one, I
2: think the one time we had it figured out was the Georgia game. The first Georgia game. Yeah, yeah the, the SEC it. title game. and the, But then the, the, the guys, um, the whole right both, – both right side guys yeah. got injured in the game. And so then in the national title game – we weren't. We weren't even back to those five, which weren't even the starters at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and, and I don't want to make that excuse. I know I said it at your house, but I mean, I think it. Was, I think it ended up being like 11, 11 guys that started game one. Yeah, were injured for the national championship game. Yeah, you know, and 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 I'm, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that to be the typical yeah. to typical fan making an excuse. Yeah, but I mean, our best our best two offensive weapons for the year were not on the field. Well, one was on the field for what close to a half. Yeah, and he blew, his, yeah. yeah. And then he blew he blew his knee out, you know. Uh, Mechie was our was our um possession receiver and Bryce Young's outlet every time. Th- you know, Jameson Williams was so electric with his yeah. speed. But 9 times out of 10 the ball's going to Mechie, and he and he had great hands. Yeah. You know, you look at we still had chances after Williams got hurt. They just weren't catching the ball. Yeah. No. You know, and and no, talent, I, but they were they're freshmen getting thrown into a game. I don't care how good you were in high school. Yeah, you don't that, it, it, different level. Yeah, different level, different speed, you know. I went to high school with Chris Samuels who played at Alabama. Yeah. You know, inducted in he's not in the Hall of Fame, but he's in the Ring of Honor for Washington. Yeah. And you know, he won the Outland at Alabama when he came back, you know, after his first year of playing he got redshirted and then he played. And I remember asking him, I was like, you know, what's the biggest difference? He goes he goes, "You know that 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 one guy you're waiting for all season cuz you know he's going to be the best guy you play?" He goes, "That's every week and every guy on the line." He's like the, the the speed of the game is so much faster at the next level. Yeah. He's like everybody's that good. Well, and that and that's what I was telling. Well,
0: say what you were gonna say because I know you're gonna say something. Go ahead. I
1: just the injuries. It it blows my mind because they like obviously you know Alabama has top tier everything and you know they have a new strength and conditioning program and everything and uh, you can't ever blame one person and you really can't blame anything on injuries and. that's the thing that frustrates me so much is like people, you know, even like with the coordinator deal, like I'm sure like Bill O'Brien is not a bad coordinator. Like no one is a bad coordinator, but do you realize the amount of pressure they're under not only being in the college football playoff, but with the job circulations that have happened the past two years and the cutthroat business it's turning into like that all plays a factor into the stress going in on the coaches lives as well. Like, their ability to coach a game and call a game is just as important as the player's ability to execute the play and play the game as well. So, like, I mean, dude, you can't, like, you can't ever, like, and now we all, like, now we know this stress is stress and with athletes and with, I think it's with coaches too. Like, man, the biggest thing is, like, you look at coaches nowadays and just how they're built, like, how they operate is, like, dude, they work 16-hour days and they work their ass off recruiting, like, but they have bad bodies, like they don't take care of themselves. Like they're so worried about everything else that, man, I promise you, if you took 30 minutes a day to take care of yourself, you might be a better person to work for. You might, you might, you know, but you can't because it's so cutthroat. So it's just like its own monster. Like even with the CrossFit games that we were talking about, like every business is turning into its own monster. And it's so crazy to see it like fall in line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So name him his likeness.
2: You think that that comes into play at all, like coaches not wanting to – not being careful about overplaying certain people or, you know, you because know, what, what do you hear in professional sports? Like, you know, sometimes the guys just don't want to play or they're just, they've given up. Yeah. Like, oh, I already got my check. You know, I'm good. You know, that running back gets that – you well, know, they I, get their I, rookie I, deal and then they get their big well, contract th- and all well, of a sudden it goes
0: down, well, right? Well, I think that's going to happen now with college. I think they're going to get rid of that. It, there's no way that's going to last another couple of years. They've got to revise
1: it. They've got to do something. I, I mean,
0: because Texas A&M paid out $30 million. $30 million for a recruiting class in one year.
1: One was year. that rumor or was that confirmed?
0: That's that's real. Yeah, I mean, the and number they sign contracts to where it's every year they get paid. So, like, say they dip out, they don't get all the money. Like, it's a year. See, that's
1: ridiculous. Like, even me on the college front, like, and I'm at a smaller school, so we're not huge in NIL, but – and maybe it is taking effect at bigger schools, but, man – The coaches like aren't worried about it, especially in its infancy. Like in ten years, it'll be a problem if they keep it around long enough. But like, I'm sure the coaches aren't worried about it this year. Like, I I really don't think it plays that much of a factor in recruiting, probably. But in actual playing and like how everything's playing out, I don't think the coaches care at all. I think I I think truly they care about winning. Oh, I mean, probably.
2: Yes. And
1: like. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many kids have transferred out out of Alabama in the past ten years. Like each year, like what's yeah. the average? Yeah. The but usually that goes under the radar, and like no one hears about it. And they're transferring out because of discipline reasons or something. Like they just can't get on board. But I mean, how many kids have entered the portal or declared early this year from Alabama or what? Like I think it's more noticeable this year. Like even in a program as as big as that. Yeah. And if you look at the stats on the portal, have you like do you ever do you ever get on Twitter and like check it oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, I think they need to re- revise both I think they need to get rid of NIL or do something like it's ridiculous. what you can pay somebody because schools are I mean, now it's still wild, wild west, right? Well, I mean, I so mean, whatever. you can do whatever you want because like say like the guy that owns yellowwood in Alabama for was he the Auburn guy or an Alabama guy? I think he's an Auburn guy. I think he's an Auburn guy. So, like he could. He pay,
2: supports both cuz it's the state, but But like he could, think he, he's an like, Auburn guy.
0: Like he could like pay a kid so much money to go to Auburn. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's nothing they can do about it because they create, like, a little loc pays his taxes. It is what it is. So they need to revise it because it's ridiculous that these kids are making – I mean, good for them. But, like – Yeah, but but – But it's going to get to the point to where they're making more money than the coaches and they're in college. Like, just think about that. You're going to have kids Mm -hmm. making more money than every coach besides maybe the head coach, but possibly more than the head coach.
1: And they're not going to be able to unionize? Because the NFL has, like, I mean, the NFL is still messed up. Like, it's still stratified because the players get paid millions of dollars. And, like, even strength coaches in the NFL, like, they get paid $100,000 maybe. Yeah. You know, some of the better ones get two hundred or whatever it is. But, like, if I'm getting paid $100,000 as a shrink coach or as a position coach or anything, and the kid I'm coaching is making well over a million dollars, how, how do I coach that? I don't want to coach you, man. Yeah. Like, you're getting paid more than I am.
0: And Mike. I'm and I'm
1: and I'm your boss. Yeah.
0: Like no, but, it's not, but an kid. but it's also out of, out of his parents. It's um for what the first it, time. W- it's just cr- I don't even know. It's just crazy that they're getting that amount of money to play a game, which is great. Get paid, but what's gonna happen when they are? Right, they make all this money in college and they go to the NFL and their NFL contracts was the NFL gonna change their structure of paying people because they're gonna have to increase payments. They're gonna have to get, change the cap. Because if all these kids making millions of dollars in college, they're going to expect tens of millions of dollars going into the NFL. So just think about you leave. Think of uh, like Bryce Young. Say by the time he leaves Alabama, he's made $15 million in three years. He goes signs with uh, whoever in the NFL. Say so he's a first-round pick. And, he's, and he, you know, his first year he makes like $3 million. Like, you know, because the money's not guaranteed like it used to be. It's never guaranteed in the NFL. You don't make the big money like you used to until you're, like, your second contract. Yeah, your second deal is – Yeah, they're going to have to, like, double rookie – Yeah, they're going to have to to change stuff. And then, like, the transfer portal thing, like, I'm all about kids transferring. I transferred because you get fucked over, trust Mm -hmm. me. I've been there, done that, been fucked. But there has to be a limit on how you can, like – I, I, I believe you should be able to transfer one time now if you're now no, if that's you're, what
1: it is like there's a lot of rules to it is there like, yeah because it
0: just seems like I've seen these people transfer
1: now look, you can look. go like you can go like a four year two year four year you can't like it's really hard and people have done it and I don't know how you get around it but you can go four 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 somehow there's
2: always a loophole right yeah yeah here's the thing
0: they, the loophole like tra- you should be able to transfer one I don't know all the rules but you should be able to transfer one time scot-free. Scholarship, do what you want, yeah. Play
2: next year, play next
0: good. year, and then like if you're if you graduate, I get that, like keep that in there. Yeah. But all the medical stuff, like I'm like, take that away. Like, I'm sorry if your mom and dad are sick or grandma, like I get that, but you have the opportunity to transfer one time, like you can't transfer multiple times because then you're just jumping around because you don't like a coach, you don't like a team, you don't like this. Like, if if you get fucked, you get fucked. But like the dude, I don't even know if he's playing right now in Nevada, the Tate Marshall guy. He's transferred like five, Hell, yeah. Fu- yeah. He's transferred
1: like five fucking times, and I don't know how that's happened. Like, there's people that slip through the loop, and there's people just move around. Like, yeah. it, it, it happens. Yeah. Like, dude, I knew a kid, I knew a kid that played at South. He went to four different high schools, like each year, and I think his last high school, or maybe his junior year, he was at IMG, which is like whatever. Um, but he went to Notre Dame, then South Alabama, and then like some like d one double A, and then, like, came back to, LNA, like, Alabama A&M. So, like, the dude went to eight schools in eight years.
0: Like, that's insane. Yeah, like, I think, um, you know, let a kid be – because the coaches can transfer and get fired and do what they want, so, like, you should be able to. It's just, like, there's, the loopholes the loop are crazy, NLI, whatever, the money's crazy. I mean, just think, like, you're 17 years old. There's kids who are opting out of their senior year of high school football now. To make money, yeah.
2: Like, and you'll never get that opportunity again. You get to be a kid once. You get to be a senior in high school once. I wouldn't trade my senior year of high school football for just about anything. Well, like what, that year, that year with the, with those guys that I had played for played football with for four years. I mean, that I, st- I mean those. I see those pictures. I see my jacket. Like those memories are still vivid. You know, twenty plus years later. And you don't get that. I remember, I remember when you know back to CrossFit when when um, it started getting bigger and like you know the the up and comer kids they were giving up um, their senior year of high school football to concentrate on CrossFit to hopefully make the CrossFit Games in five years. Yeah. And I remember like somebody asked for anybody it's the dumbest thing you can do play sports because there's going to come a, t- a point in time where you don't get to play sports anymore. You know what I mean? Like then it, yeah. it's only it's beer league. It's only for fun. Like, play sports while you can. Be a kid while you can. And that's, that's the biggest thing I don't like about NIL is it, it it's making it more of a business. And that's what I like. So That's what I loved about college football is it wasn't a business. It felt more passionate. Yeah, The players wanted to be there. The coaches wanted to be there because they wanted to take this raw talent and turn it into something. And then when it went to the NFL, okay, cool, then that's a business. Every bit of that is a business. It's a business for the players, for the coaches, for the owners, everything. Like, fine. Yeah. You know, um, and then I worry with the NIL too. Like, how does that affect the locker room? Because well, that, it's not every like in the NFL. At least every player is getting played. So if you're the best offensive lineman on that team, okay, you're you're the top guy in that room, and everybody understands that, and it, yeah, and gets it. But in college, the best offense, Evan Neal at Alabama, probably doesn't it didn't get any NIL money this year, or not enough to brag about. Whereas supposedly Bryce Young got six figures. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a, got to affect the team in some way. It's got what, to affect like, the locker room, right? I, I, I mean, you guys I, played that level. Like I, was, I know it would have affected my high school team. but it? Have, I mean, it would it have affected? Yeah, the I want to know. Alabama I mean, I want to know like what
0: <laughs> those guys feel like. You know, you have got you have millionaires on your team, and you have other kids who are struggling. I mean, you still get money to live off of, but you know, like you're still like fuck, like god dang, I got to pay my rent, and I like, only have seven hundred bucks in my account. Yeah, I mean, and this dude's like, and this d- d- this dude, this dude in the this dude in the room with me is a millionaire. Like you know, they're,
2: they're bro- they came with like you know a couple pairs of shoes and some, sh- and some shirts, right? And then they are kids that come from, from from wealth and they don't they don't want, it, right? Yeah. So I mean, there's always a little bit of that, but I mean, you're asking an 18, 19 year old kid to handle all of a sudden having hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars responsibly. That's, that's you know uh, that's uh, like you roll a- you
0: roll up to the parking lot and like in your, you know, I drove my beater Del Sol and then the person rolls up next to me in like a fucking Ferrari. Like who? Like who the fuck? Came, like, like what are we doing?
2: Yeah, like this is crazy. But yeah, like I, I just, I just, I'm, I worry about it tearing apart the locker room and ruining. I mean, that's that's the one sport I really, really love to watch on Saturday. Yeah. it's college football. You know what I mean? I I'll turn on the NFL to have background noise. Yeah, you know, but I love college football. For it's sure, fun. And now it's not as much fun.
1: Yeah, I don't understand it, and like I think a lot of coaches who are in the game right now don't understand it because they're just head down working but you know these are questions that other people have a lot of the times and maybe i'll like you know i'll keep you guys posted if anything changes but our our small school like nothing like one kid has but a that, deal but here's
0: the thing like what if like a kid at a small like you have like a four-star or five-star guy who's from mobile or he's from you know hattiesburg and like a one of those big donors owns a business in town and is like, fuck it. We're going to give you a million dollars to stay here. And they stay there. And that kid's making a million dollars and he's at Southern Miss. And, like, everybody else is, like, maybe getting free lunch from the fucking hardy's downtown. They're, like, you know, for yeah. the NIL deal. Like, well, like, that's got to, like, it's weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to mesh well with.
2: That, that's what I'm saying. I, I worry about that. Yeah, and-,
1: that affecting
2: locker room. and it will, right?
1: And that's where it comes to, like, dude, if it gets that bad. Have like to. what's the point in like what's the point in having a strength coach yeah when like you know you all your starters on offense are making you know uh six figures and i'm not even making six figures like why do i need to go to work yeah why don't i just like excommunicate myself from the team specifically and become a private trainer and get them to fund my own operation and then i train them and they don't have to show up to workouts yeah
2: i was about to say that like, what hap- what happens when it's you know this kid that's been groomed yeah. For however long, right? And they they show up let's say Southern Miss lands him. And you know, he he rolls in, he's like, Yeah, I've got my own guy. Like I'm I'm just here to check the box.
1: It happens. I, yeah. I, I I can't tell you when, where, how, or why. Yeah, yeah, don't get but to it's me. going on now. Like and, but there's ways around it. Not at our place. Um but dude, like that's what I and I hope like by God, I hope NIL works out and I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. because then i go See to work then i'll go i'll go to work for two hours a day i'll train him for two hours and maybe like you know i'll yeah. get my massage license and massage him down and like do 10 guys a day or whatever yeah. like the dudes who can afford it hey if you can afford it come to me you know like why yeah. so why do, so why do i work for yeah. why do i work for the university at that point yeah. you know and then yeah, those other and then do but then do, you look
0: at the trainers too who make even less money than you yeah like it's like why are they like why are they like fuck this like i'm not going to make $30,000 a year to hang out with these prima donnas. Oh, dude,
1: and if it gets that, if it ever got that big and I could, like, you know, I could make six figures just working for ten guys on the team, I'll go get my athletic training license and do both. Yeah. I don't care. Like, and you'll have the time, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't have to train anyone else in my gym. Gen- I could literally have something like this and have five people that I train out of it. Yeah. You know, and just own whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And But, I mean, it'll never get that – it'll never get that big, or people will never figure it out or be that smart, which yeah. – but that yeah. would be well, super cool. Like it's yeah.
2: but it's uh, going to. And, and, and you said that the first time we talked about it on the podcast is you think that's partially what some of the folks that put it in place want is like yeah uh-huh. I think, we told you it wasn't going to work. Look what happened.
1: Well, and yeah. it used to be black and white. A person either gets paid and gets you know loses eligibility or they do it re- the right way. Now there's so much gray area. Where's the line now? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how do you know if it's legit or if it's you know? From a booster. Well, they're all like, from. What's bo- the difference between a booster and an like someone who's doing an NIL? Like, hat, where's the line? I mean, the people doing NIL are boosters. Yeah, I mean, nobody's
2: gonna do it. Nobody's gonna do it just because oh, I got I got so much money. But then why Let me did they, just ca- give why away did they
1: call it NIL? Why don't they just say, hey, if you're a booster for the school and you want to pay this kid, pay this kid. Like, why did why weren't they just black and white about it and say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna create this thing where every school can make a money pool for their team. Like why didn't they organize it like that? They'll have to go back. Cause that's and say, how Because yeah, that's how it should have been. They'll have to go back and say, "Here's a money pool. If you want to donate to the team, you can yeah. donate mm-hmm. to the and team." Then, yeah,
2: and then we, we split it up. Yeah. Starters get this much, you know. Yeah. yeah. Special and, teams guys get. And this. And then there's an
1: incentive for you to be a starter.
2: Yeah. There's that much more. Yeah, you know? to try and get your get get on the field. Yeah. Well. And that I that I
1: I wouldn't have a problem with that. Something like that would be fair, and maybe that's what they thought mm-hmm. this would turn into, but it's. Right now in its infancy, it's a shit show. Yeah, it's
0: it's crazy. I don't think they – I mean, maybe they thought – I think they knew it was going to get shitty and so they can take it away and show everybody, hey, you can't pay these athletes. Yeah, maybe it's an experiment.
2: Maybe it's a big experiment. I think there's there's definitely some truth to what he's saying.
0: Yeah. Because I think – I mean, because what are they? if it gets too crazy, what are they going to do? Just like they're going to – like they said – like Cody said he read Archie Manning is supposed to get $10 million a day he graduates college. Like $10 million. Yeah.
1: And that that's something I would fight for if I was a big like and like you know say they put a limit or whatever, I'd say, hey, you know, pay my rent and you know pay for my groceries like I don't care if I make any money off the top in college, but it's the day I graduate college, if I'm still as good, which that's a big promise to make, but if I'm still as good as like when I came in and I did everything I'm supposed to do and I'm going to the league, like I want a hundred mil as soon as I get out, yeah, you know
0: it's <laughs> wild, but um well, let's leave it there today, uh
2: what are we going to talk about? Your injury oh my shoulder my shitty yeah so yeah so because <laughs> we got because we got we got your update because uh you haven't been you, I mean you kind of hinted at it you haven't been going overhead in almost a year
0: no so yeah I gotta get I'm getting, i was supposed to have labrum surgery last Thursday but mine I have really shitty insurance and they denied it so I had to get expensive insurance which is gonna pay for a majority of it but um it's not till two weeks from now and um I was hoping to get it to last week so then potentially be able to compete at Nationals even if I'm not where I would want to be but just to compete at a yeah. national level without pain again yeah. like even if it's C session like I don't give a fuck like yeah. just just compete see where I'm at mm-hmm. but then this is pushing another two and a half weeks it's like it's already like a uh, like four month being cleared to do stuff and I was going to push it a little harder so I don't know we'll yeah. see we'll we'll keep you updated on that because I'll be putting out videos and all that
2: shit with um, rehab and surgery so yeah, how long are you going to be out from here like as far as like what's you know initial rec- initial recovery to get back to work?
0: So uh, if I get it done Tuesday the first, which is where it's supposed to be scheduled, I believe Tuesday or Thursday, but I think it's the Tuesday. I'll be out the rest of the week. I have a pain pump in for the whole week, and I should be back Monday. They don't give me any narcotics. They just give me a pain pump, and so I'm like, trim it all. What, trip. What the fuck? What's the pills they used to give us in college that didn't do shit? <laughs> Tramadols, yeah. They don't do anything. Yeah. Like, they would give us Tramadols. It doesn't do anything, right? So, they give you Tramadols. But, um, it, um, it I don't know. We'll see. And then just go from there and start rehab a week later. And uh, hopefully be snatching again by May. Yeah, snatching again, going overhead again. And see where I'm at. Be able to lift again without pain. So,
2: Good luck, man. Well,
0: I appreciate it. Well, we'll leave it there this week. Uh, remember, like, subscribe, uh, download the podcast. Follow the YouTube channel, do all that good stuff. Remember, stay savage, not average.